thankful that you're here and I can already tell this is a good looking audience look around taste say hey you look good come on give me a little shout out you're looking good you're looking good and also to Cassandra down in Lafayette good morning we got people watching all over Linda can you let them know that we're glad they're watching online this morning come on y'all give me a little love what up North Dallas hey listen man it is so awesome that you're here and thank you for just going on this journey as we're preparing for Mother's Day but go ahead and mark your calendar all right Next week is Mother's Day. You need to invite somebody. We have a special guest coming, not a celebrity, but I have heard the story. I've actually got to meet her this past week. It is phenomenal, the story and the inspiration. So just spread the word and get ready for a great week. Uh, we also have all kind of stores going out front. They're going to have six different booths, some great stores that you can shop because you know, men, you ain't bought nothing yet because go ahead and admit it. So give her some money and let her have some little fun and shop on her own next week. And then don't forget to sign up for the Do Good Golf Tournament out there as well, May 20th. So it'll be a lot of fun. So all those things out of the way, we're in a series called Hidden Figures. And we're talking about things that, honestly, I grew up in the Baptist church, the Catholic church. I just didn't know a whole lot about. It started when we did the Golden Girl series a few weeks ago. And then I kind of continued leading up to Mother's Day just for my own mind's sake to kind of stretch myself because I did not know a lot of these stories. And here was the statement that I used a few weeks ago. It says, God routinely used women in incredible ways to advance his plans on earth and beyond. I added that last week because it literally has impacted eternity what these women have done. And he is still doing it today. So the little challenge, a little fun at the beginning is to challenge your knowledge right now don't holler them out just think in your mind how many women of the bible do you know right now if you were to think through well i've heard of esther and maybe i've heard of ruth or mary obviously you could go through a few and if you're like me being transparent pastor 30 years i struggle with that i was like i don't really know how many i know so I ran across this little article, and I think it'll help you. It's called 15 Great Women of the Bible Every Christian Must Know. You can download it in the app. If you have our app already, you will see it. It's just a link right there. And then you can learn about some other pretty cool stories. I'm only going to do it to this week, and then next week we got one more that we're going to talk about. But I thought while we're in this series, we might as well make it 16 great women instead of 15. And we're going to talk about a hidden figure that many of you, probably almost all of you, have never heard of before. But I want to give you a clue of who we're talking about. The 15, you can look at it and download, but this is an extra 16. Who is it? Here is the clue you've been waiting for. Watch. Smelly cat, smelly cat, what are they feeding you? Smelly cat, smelly cat, it's not your fault. <laughs> All right, y'all, who are they? Who is she? Come on, holler it out if you know who it is. Phoebe. Yeah, man, if you've watched Friends, you're like, oh, okay, it's Phoebe. You remember the show, but I got news for you. She's not in the Bible. News flash, shocker, right? But the same name is in scripture. Her name is Phoebe. I'll put it on here so you know how to spell it. 
Because like me, uh, you know, maybe you struggle with spelling and you're going, How, who is this person? Well, she is a real person in scripture and it goes way beyond the Friends television show. She has done some amazing stuff. But before we get into that, I got to give you a little background to help you understand why this person, this woman is so important. If you were to live 2,000 plus years ago, and you were in the process of trying to get someone something that's very important. So, for example, if you were trying to mail them something or you were trying to give them a gift, you probably did not know exactly how you were going to do that. You'd say, what would we do? Well, for us currently, this is what you do. You go to UPS, you go to FedEx, the Postal Service, and then DHL. Those are kind of the breakdowns of how if I'm trying to get a gift or a letter or information to someone, you kind of hire it out. And then you, if it's really valuable, you go ahead and get the insurance because you want to make sure that it gets there. But 2,000 years ago, it doesn't shock you. None of these were in place. So what was the scenario? How would you assure delivery 2,000 years ago to something that was very important? There's only one way, and that was to hand deliver by you. So you would take that to someone or you would... Give it to someone that you really trust so that you can ensure that it is going to get there. Because biblical times are different. There's no other way for someone to get that information. You just say, hey man, I need you to deliver this to so-and-so. I need you to be very careful of this. And that's the way they did it. Now, what's really, really crazy about this story that I'm going to go on today. I never heard this. No one ever talked about it. But there was a letter written by a guy by the name of Paul. It was a very important letter because during the biblical times, Paul was writing a letter to the church in Rome. And in this letter was going to be some amazingly powerful stuff that impacts us over 2,000 years later. But in that moment where he's writing it, he knows that he needs to influence Rome. He needs to tell the church what's going on. He needs to give them some direction. And if you're going, well, does it really affect us? Yes. Because if you were to look at your Bible app or if you were to open your Bible, the story is actually found in the book of Romans. Now, if you don't know anything about the Bible, if you don't know how it really works, let me just go ahead and tell you. This is a letter written by Paul to the church of Rome, and we call it the book of Romans. We also have the church that was written to the, written to the um, excuse me, the letter written to the church in Corinth, and it's called Corinthians, first and second Corinthians. You can go to Galatians, you can go to many, many different letters that were written by Paul, who wrote a lot of the New Testament. And that's where we get a lot of the information that we preach out of, that we live out of to this day. But this one particularly, Romans, was one that impacted all of us in a great way. And I'm going to prove it to you. Now, it's not because I'm a biblical scholar. As I said last week, I am not. I am not a theologian. But I have researched and studied a lot about this particular topic because of the significance of why we are going to talk about this girl named Phoebe. All of this is setting this up. But before we get there, one last thing about this letter to the Romans. The letter to the Romans stands as the clearest and most systematic presentation of Christian doctrine in all the scriptures. This is from a very prominent biblical scholar, a theologian, is saying if you were to put one letter at the top of the others, if you were to say this one really matters, 
because of what it does for all of us, of the information that we have and the guidance that we have, it is the letter that Paul wrote to the church in Rome. Now, as I have told you many times before, you're probably tired of hearing it, but I grew up in the Baptist church and in the Catholic church. And you're trying to figure out why am I talking about all of this and this letter that Paul wrote to the Romans and blah, 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 blah. Because without this letter, you do not have some of the information that you've all grown up hearing. Now, if you grew up in the Baptist church, you definitely grew up in the Catholic church, maybe not so much, but in the Baptist church, this is the stuff that we heard all the time. For example, there was a phrase that would say, do you know the Roman road? Now, if you were in the Baptist church, most of you look right now, yeah, I knew that, I know. If you grew up in another denomination, maybe not so much. But this is what many believe and have taught for a long time, thousands of years, that this is the road to salvation. For example, Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. I say it, man, we're all jacked up, we're all sinners, we're all messed up. Well, we get that from Romans. But God showed his love for us that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. It's another reminder. It's like, hey, man, yeah, I was a sinner, but Paul was right now. Yeah, but Christ died for you even while you were a sin. You get it. For the wages of the sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. These are foundational scriptures. And when we were growing up, they would lead people to the Lord. They would evangelize, knock on the door, and they would be trained on how to share the Roman road. And you'd say, well, Why? Because these scriptures written by Paul to the church in Rome were not just foundational for them. It was explaining how, for example, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. It is telling you the basis for why all of us believe that you can pray a prayer in this building or at the side of your bed or in a church to receive Christ. Because why? Paul clearly wrote that out in the book of Romans. It's called the Roman Road. That's why it's so foundational. That's why it is so important. And all biblical scholars and theologians, for the most part, almost all I should say, go, man, this is why it was so important. I'll give you another example. Not only do we have the Roman road because of this letter, you have beautiful art in your home. You've probably seen people hang pictures like this. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him and who have been called according to his purpose. Romans 8, 28. People put it on their walls. They put it on jewelry. The book of Romans has been on all kinds of things. These are the scriptures that you hang on to. I'll give you the scripture just so you can see another one. This is on some jewelry. It's just over and over again, from the walls to your jewelry to the scriptures that you memorized as a kid or that you've walked through. Now, remember the opening statement that I've made? You're like, no, Justin, because you've taken us on a wild journey. Well, let me bring it back up. God used women to advance his plans. Well, you probably are beginning to figure it out, but let me ask you just the rhetorical question. Guess who now was entrusted to deliver this important foundational doctrinal letter to the church of Rome? Anybody got any guess? Boy, y'all are smart. Look at you right now. Give them an A plus. You paid attention and I will prove it. Romans 16.1. Yes, it's Phoebe. With this letter, I'm introducing Phoebe to you. Now you go, well, Justin, why is this so important? It's because, think about this. Get this in your mind. If you were trying to get the most important letter that you've ever written to the church in Rome in the middle of a difficult time in church history, and it is dangerous, it is challenging, it is hard, and you're trying to choose the person to deliver this letter, he chose Phoebe. 
We're talking about the very person in Scripture that many of us don't even know. If I were to ask you before you walk in here, name me 15 important women in Scripture. Phoebe's probably not on the list. That's why I am talking about it today, and that's why I even gave you the illustration in the beginning. You can download these other 15 important women that everybody should know, but Phoebe often gets left off the list. Now, the reason I bring her up today is because I'm still amazed, challenged, and blown away that this woman, Phoebe, was chosen for a very dangerous, a very difficult, and a very demanding task to take a letter that is so important that it would change all of history, including your life as a Christian. And if you go, well, I'm not a Christian yet. Well, it is still impacting the church and impacting the way that we share Jesus to this day. And a woman was in charge of delivering that letter. Now you go, well, Justin, is it really that big a deal? Think about this. 2,000 years ago, were women respected? Were they believed in? Were they empowered? Were they in powers of position? Not so much. Particularly in the Middle East. It was challenging. It was difficult. But here Paul is saying, man, I believe in you. And I am putting you in charge of this important document. And I'm going to ask you to do something that seems impossible. Now, let me prove this. I put a map on the screen for you. This journey right here is how far Phoebe had to travel. 800 difficult miles by land, by sea, mostly on her feet walking, maybe occasionally on a donkey, and occasionally, as you can see, she could not walk on water. She had to ride in a boat. Now you're going, what's the big deal? Imagine being a woman 2,000 years ago by yourself taking a journey all the way from Corinth all the way to Rome. So when you read it, you're like, oh, what's the big deal? We worry about driving to Shreveport. All of y'all, oh my God, don't let my daughter, don't let my son go. To, oh my gosh, what's going to happen? My son went to Houston this past weekend. We had some people freaking out going, oh my gosh, is he gone all the way down to Houston? And he's got a car, he's got a cell phone, he's got GPS. He barely has any money, but you understand, he can do it. This is a woman thousands of years ago going on this crazy journey. And this, when you see it, it kind of puts it in perspective. And Paul could have chosen anyone, but he chose Phoebe. And not only would she deliver it, not only would she be, quote, the male person and make sure she would also read and interpret the letter. Now you're going, Justin, what do you mean? Well, I pulled another biblical scholar and their explanation of why this is so unbelievable, but yet not talked about enough. For example, before leaving, I'll put it on the screen for you, the letter carrier was trained in the art of performing the letter before the community. So we've been having a little fun with Christy A. and Emily and Jessica. They've been doing a little thing out at Shreveport Little Theater. It's been a lot of fun. We walked down last night, and they're phenomenal. Unfortunately, they only got one more show at two, and I think it's sold out. But it's just a lot of fun. But these women get up, and they act, and they sing, and they do all this kind of stuff because we listen to it, and we laugh, and we get what they're saying. And it's been phenomenal. But now just think about this. 2,000 years ago, the letter that Paul is writing, the writer of over half of the New Testament, the majority of the New Testament, the letter that is going to Rome that will change history. He says, hey, Phoebe, I want you to 
perform the letter to the community in Rome. I want you to be able to explain it. It goes on to say, that is reading aloud and then in this certain rhetorical flourishes for persuasive emphasis and dramatic effect. And you go, well, what is that all talking about? Because he was saying, I'm writing these things down and you and I both know this. But when you get to this part, Phoebe, I want you to just make sure it's a strong point. And Phoebe, when you get to this part, I want you to roll your eyes. I want you to make sure that they understand exactly what I'm saying. So he would practice with her, Phoebe, this is my letter, but this is what I want you to do. And then it continues, Paul expected the letter carrier. After reading the letter aloud, and you go, why did they read the letter aloud? It's because most of them couldn't read. They didn't know how to read, so the only way that they could get the interpretation of the scriptures for someone to tell them. So after you read the letter aloud, to answer congregational questions about Paul's meaning and to address situations both known and unknown. Now, if you don't have any idea, imagine me calling you today and going, hey man, here's what I need you to do. I wrote this letter to some friends of mine over in Africa. And I need you to go deliver this letter. But when, I, when you deliver the letter, I want you to be able to act it out. I want you to be able to explain it. And then I want you to be able to answer all the questions that they may have because they may not understand the letter. So you need to be prepared for the questions. I think these are what they're going to ask. But then some of these, I have no idea what they're going to ask. So when you go down there, make sure you're prepared for that. How many of you would go, man, sign me up. I'm down with that. Most of us would be like, uh-uh especially a woman 2,000 years ago when they weren't respected they really didn't have any authority they weren't really sure if they would be well received or not can you imagine this woman standing before this congregation trying to explain what Paul the great Paul has written and how he's explained this whole journey for us to go on that for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God but the wages of sin is death and thank God for our Christ our Savior because because of his death, we have the power to again be saved because he, she has to go in and teach it and preach it and explain it. And there's anything that I've learned as studying these over these last few months, trying to get ready for really what I really didn't even know I was going to do. But once I went through that Golden Girl sermon, if you hadn't watched it, go back and watch that one because I'm looking back at my life and going, why was I never taught about these women? Why do I personally, did I not study it enough? Why do I not know what's going on with it? Because Paul saw in Phoebe a very capable, a very powerful leader. Now, maybe it's because I grew up in the Baptist church and through the 60s and 70s, which again, before my time, I really got in there about the 70s, went through the 80s. It really wasn't very popular. So people kind of frowned on it. They didn't talk about it. They just kind of said, nah, let's don't talk about all that. And then there were some denominations that did, and then they'd make fun of them, or some people would tear each other up because the church was still at each other. But then I go, no wonder people ignored this story, because it messes with you. It challenges you in the way you view, in the way you look at things, and to understand the importance of this woman was able to do it. And Paul says, I'm putting you in charge. You're going to go on the most dangerous 800-mile journey to explain the scriptures and you're going to do it because if you don't the world will not be saved 
It's that important to have the information. Sure, Jesus could do anything. Sure, he has the power to save us all. But the book of Romans was instrumental in you and I understanding that we are sinners. That he is the payment for our sin. That we have a chance at eternal life because of what he has done for us. The book of Romans is essential in any and all of that. So then, to pull you back into the book of Romans, to help you to look a little bit deeper into Phoebe's life, look at Romans 16.1. Paul begins to explain who she is. She is our sister. So this is my family in the Christian faith. And for the first time, a deacon of the church in the city of Chicago. Don't worry, you can't say it either, but we all know it's just Shimba Y'all know what I'm saying. Well, why is this important? It's not the city that she lives in that's important. This is what I want to draw your attention. She was a deacon. Now, I grew up again, Catholic and Baptist. There ain't nobody talking about no woman deacon. You didn't have that conversation. You didn't talk about all that. But this is the reason it's so important. Phoebe is the only woman in the Bible referred to as a deacon. Look it up. Go look at all your theological debates. Go look at all the biblical scholars. And they go, no, it's what it says. Now, if you grew up in church like I did and you don't even know what it means, I found this shirt for you because most of us don't even understand. I don't really know what a deacon is either. Most of you go, I get that. Because you're going, what is a deacon? What does it mean? Well, there's another word for deacon. It's called servant. But then in some translations, they interpret it as a minister. So this is to me as a Baptist. I was like, wait a second. I don't even know. How does all that work out? I didn't know that was in there. And I'm not sure how this thing worked out. And there's all kinds of denominations that have fought over this for a long time. But the reason I keep bringing you back to this point, Paul, the writer of the majority of the New Testament, referred to her as a deacon and empowered her to do something that really is extraordinary to explain his letter to interpret his letter to teach his letter to deliver the letter now I did a little bit more research to go man is this a really the word deacon is that why did he refer to her as that and is it the same word the scripture is written in a bunch of different word, you know languages but Greek is one of the words for the New Testament it's like, it's all Greek to me. That's where that comes from because it's a language that we don't speak and it's very hard to understand. But it was translated from its original language in Greek into the English language we have now. So some people would say, well, but Justin, here's the thing. It's not really the same word. See, what they meant was that she was kind of this way and they were really kind of that way. And it's really not the same. Well, I will now go to a biblical scholar, a theologian way better than me. And here's his interpretation. Paul's calling Phoebe a deacon appears to make her ministry as equally important and valid as that of early church leaders, such as Takashikakaka and Ifasefasefa and Timothy. I got one right. Come on, give me a little round of applause, right? You can't say me either, but we'll call him Ty and we'll call him Alpha and then we'll call Timothy. We got it. But here's what I really want you to see. When people start debating and go, well, that word deacon there referring to Phoebe is different than the word that they used. And the scholars and the people who study go, no, no, it's the same exact word that Ty got, that Ephesus got, and Timothy got. So why is that important? Because I wasn't taught this. And more than likely, you weren't taught this. You don't even know and you don't really understand the importance. But the reason it's important is because we're living in a world now where sometimes people feel inferior based on 
Well, I didn't grow up in this church, or I didn't really have this status, or people don't really look at me this way. And this is where Paul will trip you out. It's because Paul's coming back and he's saying, hey, let me walk you through this. She's a deacon, just like Timothy, just like Ty, just like whatever his other name is. It's like, hey, these are all in the same category. But to even drive it home even further, how about let's go to the book of Galatians, all right, 328. There are neither Jews nor Greeks. Now, well, Justin, what's this talking about? Well, Paul's going, let me explain something to you. You live in a Jewish culture. They believe they were higher. They believe they were better. They believe they are God's chosen people. And no one else really makes it. It's us and nobody else. Well, then here we are in Christian world. And Greeks are Gentiles. That would be us. And under Christianity, we're saying Jesus came for all. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever, anyone, everyone who believes in him shall not perish. That means all of us. So he's going, hey, it's not about being a Jew or a Greek. It's not about being slave or a free because now what are we doing? He's going through the way we order people. In their culture, it's like, hey, man, I'm a Jew. I'm better than you. Hey, man, I'm free. I'm better than you. I'm not a slave. And then look at the last one, males or females. Why? Because at their time, many times even still like today, hey, males are above females. We're a little bit better than them. Hey, man, we got it. Man, I'm a Jew. Man, I'm a free man. Hey, man, I'm a male. And then what does he say to end it off? No, you are all, what's this word? What? Oh, we're the same. Why? Because of Christ Jesus. See, what was Paul saying? Paul was saying, man, if anybody was the great Jew, it was me. If anybody knew culture, if you go look at all these letters he was writing to the Romans, to the Corinthians, he was doing all this to go, man, if anybody's got the right to be prideful, it'd be me. I know your law. I know everything about you. But what I'm telling you is, is Jesus Christ changes everything and he puts us all on the same playing field. You're all sinners and you're all equal. And we can all be saved because of what Christ has done. It doesn't matter what your background is. It doesn't matter whether you're male or female. It doesn't matter what your denomination was. We're all in the same boat. And then guess what? He was trying to drive home to the people that were reading the Roman letter. The people, the Christians of Rome to go, don't you disrespect her. Because she is the same as me. She is a believer in Christ. She is my sister. She is a deacon, just like Timothy, just like Ty, and just like Ephesheva. You remember him. Then he continues on, Romans 16, 2. You ready for this? Welcome her in the name of the Lord as one who is what? Worthy of honor among God's people. What was he saying? Don't you dare disrespect her when she walks in the room. As she's translating this letter, as she is telling you what I have thought and what I have prayed and what I believe and what God has empowered me to tell you, don't you look at her and treat her any different. This is huge. I'm like going, man, where was this? How come I didn't really talk about this or how come I didn't hear about this? And then not only does he say, don't disrespect her and make sure you receive her and make sure you treat her well. Then he says, hey, and by the way, I'm extremely grateful for her. Provide her, he says, with anything she may need because she has provided help to many people, including even me. What is he doing in this letter? He is saying, hey, y'all respect me. You see me as Paul, man. I'm the Paul. I, I got it all. He's like, no, no, no. 
I'm nothing without Phoebe. If Phoebe hasn't taken care of me, if Phoebe didn't provide for me, if Phoebe's not delivering the letter for me, if she wasn't my sister, if she wasn't, then we don't have this conversation. Because he was talking, if you remember, to a Jewish culture that were converting over to Christianity and they were battling those two worlds of going, I'm not sure she's going to be equal to me. I'm not sure they should really say anything. I don't know how this is going to work. And in the middle of all that confrontation, here we are 2,000 years later, still battling the same stuff. Why? Because I think, for many of us, we don't really understand, including me. I wasn't taught it. I I didn't talk about it. I didn't research it very much. And now here I am going, man, Jesus, I'm sorry, and help me to make sure that we at the Simple Church and anybody that's watching online, we go, okay, I get a little bit different place because a different perspective. Why? Because I'm a Baptist kid. I'm a Catholic kid. And when you look at the New Testament, he's saying, hey, no, listen, man, we're kind of, we, I want you to understand something. We're the same in Christ Jesus. It's a different day. This is a whole different thing. And I want you to understand, I can use you. All people, and it will take all of us. So what's the takeaway for us today? What's my takeaway? It's pretty simple. Number one, empower women. That's why right now we got women running the computers back there. You don't see this without a woman. Can you give her a round of applause? Make sure that she lets you know. Thank you for helping me today. We have women on staff. We have women who serve. We have women who take care of them. We have women who do our, our missions. Take care of all the do good. We have a a woman interpreting right now over here. Give her a little love. Give Wendy some love right there. Wendy. Why? Because we're the same. God loves them. God loves me. And now we want to empower and go, man, we believe in you. Thank you for what you're doing. The other thing we want to do is respect women. This is something that we know. I can mess this up just like you can mess it up. Especially in the modern world, you can say the wrong thing or do the wrong thing. But from the heart of Christ, what he's saying is, is let's respect all people, including women. So that means watching your language, watching how you treat things, watching how you say things. And dude, I am the worst at times because, you know, I'm a sinner. I'm messing it up. But I am trying my best to go, God, help me to do these things. Help me, God, to be respectful. To understand in the simple church of what I can do to empower women to say, you have my belief, my support, I'm thankful for you. And then the third thing that we're really working on is to help women, regardless. So why today, Cassie was here uh, working with the Hub and the Purchase Ministry, which helps with sex trafficking, helping women come out of all that. We're launching the coffee, Rise Up and Roast. Why? Because she's a business owner. She's a woman that is doing a lot of great things in ministry. But we're going, hey, how can we help you? How can we launch you? How can we encourage you? How can we support you? The list is long. It doesn't matter. I mean, that's why I go back to Wendy and them and the deaf ministry and CODA, the camp that we're doing for deaf children, trying to help with that. Why? Because we want to empower them and help them because we believe we should. And then when you look at this last one, I think this is something for all of us to be thankful for women. And typically what happens is, is we do this whole thing of just on Mother's Day. Thank God for our moms. Thank God. Oh, everybody clap for our moms. And let me just say this. The reason I was convicted to change and do this hidden figure series up leading up to Mother's Day, because I love moms and I am 100% for moms. I'm getting it. I love it. I'm down with it. We've been doing it forever. But I also know there are women that aren't moms. 
And so sometimes then your value is, well, if I'm not a mom, I guess I'm maybe not as valuable as somebody else. I mean, it didn't really happen for me, and man, I'm not married, and maybe I just don't have the same value, because the only thing that really gives me value is if I'm a mom, and that's a, a lie from the pit of hell. Because I want you to understand something. You have value. Every person on the planet has value. That Jesus loves us all. It doesn't matter whether you're male or female. What does it matter whether you have children or you don't have children? The bottom line is, is we're going to celebrate moms next week and we'll do a bang up job with it and an awesome job. But I'd also, in the midst of that, want you to know that I have two daughters. So when I look at this list, I think about them growing up in a world where is this what I want for my daughters? Yes. I want them to believe that they can do anything and that they're empowered to do anything. I want them to understand that they need to be respected and they should be respected. I want them to understand that it is okay to be helped by someone else if you need that help and to be thankful for them. It is not like we all can do this on our own and we need no one else. No, it's like be thankful. Understand how to work together to accomplish what no one can do on their own. In the process, as the church, we should get better at that. You and I, me, should be leading that to go, we should be better than that and we should change and we should be leading change in that direction now sometimes in culture we look to women and we go man they got it figured out and they got it figured out and we kind of go I can learn from that and I'm gonna be honest with why I'm about to show this next clip is because when I did the golden girls clip I found this little sound bite and I didn't use it in that sermon and I was uh, I was preparing this week's message I was like this is a great reminder of why um, women have value and have some awesome things to say and that we can learn from them. This is Miss Betty White. Anybody remember Betty White? Clap your hands if you know who Betty White is. Yep. She has a lot of quotes. She's crazy. I'm not saying fun. You know, she's out there, man. She's my kind of person. I get it. But here's the thing. Notice who she's speaking with. Notice their conversation and write down, put it in your brain what she has to say because there's some lessons from a very wise woman. Watch our question of the day is, what's the best advice you've ever been given? My mother was wonderful. And she started off when I was about this big. And she said, always try to look at the upside, not the downside. Mm. Look at the positive side of stuff and try to make it work. If you concentrate or if you start with the negative stuff, you're unhappy a lot mm -hmm. of the time. But she said, if, if, you, if you're feeling blue or if you're feeling down, there's got to be something that's going right somewhere around you. Right. Yeah, right. and it really, right. it works. It works. It works. Come on, y'all, give it up, old Betty White, dropping some knowledge on you. Now you say, Justin, why are you bringing her up? It's because, let's think about it. If you're looking at your life and you're looking at the way this has gone down, so many times you can see negativity creep into all of our lives, including this issue of women. In the church, this is why I thought about it. Many times the women were the one doing all the work and they were busting it and serving and getting all these things done, but many times the men would be negative. We're just wah, 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 wah. Then every once in a while the women would get negative on each other. Oh, can you believe so and so? And I thought, all right, Lord, here we are, Queen Latifah and Betty White dropping it down and going, have you learned anything in your life, Betty, over all these years? Grab a hold of what it is that's helping you, whether you're black, whether you're white, whether you're young, whether you're old, however you grew up. She's like, yeah, my mom taught me something. And this is the thing. You and I have an opportunity to teach the next generation something.
So the way you talk about people, whether they're one color or another, or the way that you talk about women, whether that's positive or negative, and I'm talking about ex-wives, whatever it may be, watch your mouth, men. When you're talking about the way things are happening on TV or something that's going on at school or something that's going on, we have to understand the power of being positive and looking for what God is doing in that as opposed to going down this negative route and just taking everything out. And sometimes we have to help each other with that, which reminds me of, once again, for all the men in the room, you can't do it by yourself either. You go, well, Justin, what do you mean? I'm going to take you all the way back to the beginning of Scripture, Genesis 2, 18. Anybody remember this right here? The Lord God said himself, it's not good for the man to be alone. So I will make it. What's the word? That's right. We're supposed to be helping each other. We're supposed to be there to go, man, I got you. You got me. We can't do it alone. And this is the way God made it from the beginning, saying this. Are you ready? We need each other. I need you, you need me. And this is not just a marriage illustration. The church is not as good, my life is not as good without the women in my life that encourage and help and inspire and lift up and work hard and partner to make things happen because we help each other. And it is true, I have an amazing, beautiful wife. I am thankful that when I go home, she is there to encourage and uplift and help me with the house and everything else that she does. She is a great teacher. She's a great mom. She's an amazing woman. But let me tell you something. It goes even beyond what I can put in words, what she means to me. And I think back, what would I do without her? I wouldn't be able to be, make it. I wouldn't be on this stage without her. I go back to my mom. If my mom hadn't invested in me, I wouldn't be on this stage because my mom was the spiritual leader in our home. And why do I tell you that? I don't know what your story is. I don't know what your background is. But don't underestimate your power to do good, to be positive, have an influence on someone's life, even your own kids, in the way that you talk about things and the way that you lead. So you're a single mom in here. You're a young lady who maybe you're a young mom. Maybe you're somebody in here that's trying to balance it all and you're trying to figure it out. Don't let the enemy beat you up and take away what God put you on this planet to do. God wants to use you. God has a plan for you, just like he does for the men, just like he does for me. But for some reason, when I say that, you almost discount yourself. You almost, because of our culture, go, well, yeah, but I'm not like that, or I'm not as good as him, or I can't do that. And I'm telling you, that's the lie from the pit of hell. We need each other, and you are on this planet to do some amazing things, and Phoebe is just one great example of it. And if you don't believe me because of Genesis, what I'm showing you, that we need to help each other, how about 1 Corinthians, another letter Paul wrote to the church in Corinth. Are you ready? The way God designed our bodies is a model and understanding for our lives together as a church. You go, what do you mean? Every part dependent on every other part. When you don't do it, when you say, I can't help, I'm not sure I'm going to get involved, then we're not as good as we could be. That's the parts we mention and the parts that we don't, the parts that we see and the parts that we don't see. Right now, there are women who serve in every aspect of this church. And that's why I was bringing up Kat and Melissa, all these women, Jennifer and Hannah, behind the scenes that make all this stuff happen on the stage. This is why you got to understand this. Every one of us have to work together to be able to communicate and do what it is that God wants us to do. But it's not just communicating the word. It is also these mission trips. And that's why I was telling you when Robin's coordinating, getting all our trips together, we're getting ready to go to Honduras and drill another well, and we're going to Africa this year, and Juarez, Mexico, and all these different things. Why? Because people are coming together to do what 
no one can do by themselves. We literally depend on each other. We are interdependent. And this is why, as we get ready to wrap up and get ready to walk out of here, I want to remind you of something. Today is a partner party. And it is our membership class. And there's only 20 spots left. I don't know how many filled up from the earlier hour. But here's what I'm going to tell you. If you think this church only needs men and only wants men to accomplish what we're doing, you're sadly mistaken. Because what I have learned in 30 plus years of ministry is simply this. We are partnering together with all people to accomplish what God has called us to do. And we cannot do it alone. And so some of you sit in the dark and you downplay yourself. You go, man, I'm just trying to make it. You don't know I'm a sinner. I am too. You just don't really know my background. And you fully don't know mine. Can I get an amen on that? And I don't know if I could ever really get on the stage. I'm not asking you to get on the stage. I'm telling you, it takes all people in all types doing everything we can to further the kingdom. And some of you think, well, I'll do it one day. And man, God will use me someday. I'm telling you, partner party is today for one reason. To answer your questions and to remind you how we need you. That you are a part, that we are interdependent with each other. We help each other, as Genesis said, and we can't do it alone. I need you. We want you. So please go to the app and say, hey, I'm going to be there. Why do I need to be there? Well, because you're going to eat some good food. We're going to answer 10 top questions that people ask me about the Simple Church. You're going to know. And then at the end, you can go, man, this is what I knew. This is what I need to do. And maybe it's the step that you need to take so that you can see your value and really truly be used by God. Regardless of who you are and what your background is and whether you think you can, God might just want to blow your mind. As we get ready to walk out, we always play a video. You know, I love to do Steve Hartman. You're, he's a man. You're putting Steve Hartman on. He's a man. But he's going to talk about women today. <laughs> And he's going to talk about two incredible women, two stories that are very, very powerful. You go, well, Justin, why are you going to play this story? I want you to listen to it. I want you to watch because you know how we talked about back in the day going 800 miles. There's another girl on a journey in this story. But I also want you to know the power of why we need you, women. It's because you see and you do things that men sometimes just don't see and do. And if you need a great example of it, some people call it mother's intuition. Some people just say there's something inside of you that's wired different than men, and I would agree with both of those things. But leading up to Mother's Day, I don't know if you'll find another clear story of why we all need each other and how when we listen to that voice, it literally could mean life and death, the furthering of the gospel or not. Watch. Nancy Abel admits her maternal instinct may be a little overactive. At least that was her excuse for nagging a young hiker she met along the Pacific Crest Trail in Washington State a couple weeks ago. That hiker's name was Katerina Gruna. And all Katerina did was mention to Nancy her plan to continue hiking alone up to the Canadian border. She was from Germany. She had no idea what she was getting into. So you tried to talk her out of well, it? I sure did. In fact, I told her if you were my daughter, I wouldn't let you do this. But here's the thing. Katerina had already walked the first 2,500 miles of the trail, which starts at the Mexican border. She had just 150 to go. So Katerina brushed aside nosy Nancy's carping concern. And that's the last I saw of her. But it wasn't the last of her worry. For the next seven nights, Nancy grew increasingly restless. 
She knew it was pretty late in the season to be walking that final stretch without snowshoes. And when she read the forecast for two feet of snow in the mountains, Nancy went full on mother hen. I was really stressed out. I felt really compelled that I, I really needed to get help for her. 911, what's the address of your emergency? I am not having an emergency. I'm calling about a hiker who's probably at risk. Now, as a general rule, the authorities here don't go looking for missing people who aren't missing. This hiker hadn't put out a distress call, hadn't even missed a checkpoint. And yet somehow, Nancy convinced them that her hunch was an educated one. So they went searching. The Snohomish County Sheriff's Department scoured the mountain where Nancy suggested. And that's when they spotted her, frostbit, with maybe a day to live. She was soaking wet and had no way to make a fire. Yeah. The rescue yeah. crew says Nancy yeah. saved Katerina's life. Definitely. Yeah, without a doubt. Yeah, definitely. Without a doubt. I'll think of her as a hero for the rest of my life. Well, I'd say it's a miracle. Needless to say, Nancy is sleeping much better now. Okay, I get that. She invited Katerina to stay with her for a few days before her flight back to Germany. And as for Katerina, she says Nancy rescued her in more ways than one. Someone cared. She says the whole reason she did this hike alone was because she'd given up on people. I lost faith in humanity. You got that faith back in a big way. Yeah, in a really big way. Come to America. <laughs> Need faith restored? Come to America. Okay. Or just find your nearest mom. Steve Hartman, on the road, in Snohomish County, Washington. Come on, y'all, give old Steve a little round of applause. Pretty cool. Pretty amazing story when you think about it. And I'm thinking, if it had been a man that passed her on the path, it was good luck. But a mom. I don't know. And then, if nothing else, we may have thought through it, but then are you really going to call 911 and walk through all those extra steps? And then I thought about the story. Here are the men in this particular story. The first responders are all men, and they're going to rescue her. It'd been real easy to be negative. Oh, my gosh, why are we flying out here? This is ridiculous. Some woman called. I can't believe blah, blah, blah. But they didn't. They said, let's go see. And in the midst of all that's going on, you got to work together. And someone's life is saved as a result. So why do I tell you all this today? It's because we need you. The church needs you. God wants to use you. And you may be downplaying. You may not think you have any value. You may not be trying to ignore that voice. Don't ignore the voice. Don't ignore the voice. God wants to use you. God has a plan for you. Now, while that video was going on, I was smart enough to look behind the TV and go, okay, look, partner party. Let me go look on the app and see if it's full already. And guess what? It's full. You missed it. You're like, what? I'm just kidding. You're like, thank God. I can go out. It's a beautiful day. <laughs> now, here's the good news. We're going to stream it for the first time ever on Facebook. We're going to have it where you can see it. So I don't care if you're down in Lafayette like our friends are watching. We had somebody watching in Seattle, Washington this morning. We have people in Hawaii. We got people in St. Louis. Good morning to all of y'all. You can all watch it now, and you can partner online with us. You can watch it and go, hey, man, I, I want to know. I want to be a part of it. And then we're going to tell you when we get online, this is what you need to do. You need to send us an email. You need to let us know you want to do it. But for those that are in the room, if you go, well, I don't want to do that. I want to hear it live. I want to be there. We're going to do another partner party. But when I'm calling for you to come out and help, thank you for doing it. Easter is a good example. And now I'm the same way going, hey, it's not just the big events. 
We got a lot to do in this planet. We got a lot to work on. And we need each other to do it. And God called us all to do it. Jesus, thank you for giving us Phoebe. Paul, thanks for showing us an example. Help us to remember that. Help us to live by that. Would you pray with me? Father, I thank you for each and every person that's watching online, that is in this room, that wants to be a part, that's trying to figure it out. And Lord, I thank you that Phoebe delivered the letter that now impacts our life. When we know now, when I say we have to admit that we're sinners, we know that because in Romans it says we've all sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Lord, we thank you for that letter that Paul wrote. We thank you for the woman who delivered it and explained it to the church in Rome. We also know, God, it says we have to believe that you are who you say you are. God, Romans tells us that. If I confess, God, that you are God, then you will save us. Lord, we're confessing our sins. We're believing that you are who you say you are. And that, God, because of the book of Romans, we know that we can have eternal life when we commit our life to you. That's why a prayer like this matters. That's why when you talk about the Roman road, it's so important. Lord, it's because without these letters, without those reminders, then we don't have that hope. So thank you for every part, how we were dependent on each other, even as Paul said, as the body is dependent on each other. Help us, God, to further your kingdom in that way. And if there's someone that prayed that prayer and said, Jesus, why don't you come in my life, male or female, young or old, God, watching online or in the room, I pray they'd tell us. Tell us on the app. They'd email it to us so that we can continue to help them take the next step so that they can understand their role inside the church and how we can be a part of changing the world in your name. We thank you for who you are. We thank you for the grace. We thank you for the stories and the scriptures that we can learn from to make us better. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Can I get an amen somewhere? Come on, one time. Here's what I want you to do. On your way out, you only got a couple more assignments. Remember, if you want to join and you can't make it because, you know, there's one person who already said they're not coming, so there may be a couple of spots. We're going to be down at um, the chef's table. Uh, and we'll be putting it out online so you can watch. If you want to be a part of that, please watch and tune in, and we can try to help you out with that. But on your way out, there's a Do Good Golf tent out there. If you want to sign up to play golf, male or female, you can do that. We're all raising money to help kids get Christmas bikes this Christmas. So go down there. That'll be May 20th. And then also, do not miss Mother's Day right here on this stage. We're going to celebrate moms, and we got some awesome inspiration for you. There's going to be some great booths out front as well to bring a little extra cash, and we're going to raise some money for some people, all right? I love y'all. I can't wait to see you next week. And until then, what do we say? Peace. Thanks for coming, y'all.